Welcome to the Boundless Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 40. I am your host, Jacques, and with me is the famous archaeologist, Indy. Hello, everybody. Yes, he is here with us. Mike always likes when I add that little bit, the famous archaeologist. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I like it, too. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll keep doing it then. Yes, please. All right, uh, let's see. We got uh, socials, and you can check the link tree out in the description. And uh, that's that's about it. I don't really have anything else for the intro, unless you have something, Indy. Um, the only thing that I have is that my wife needs to turn the TV down. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she's playing Horizon right now, and I'm clearly she's fighting something big because my feet are vibrating. Well, you know, I, I I'm gonna be honest and say that I think. Playing Horizon is more important than this podcast, so I totally understand. <laughs> we'll, we'll just ignore it. I'm trying to text her, like, to be discreet, like, hey, can you turn it down a bit? Send a little heart, because, you know, I'm a caring husband. That was about ten minutes ago, and then I sent back, honey? With, like, three question marks, and uh, she hasn't seen it, so... If she, if it gets really loud again, I'll just go back there and was like, hey, look, check your phone. Yeah, she must really be into something... Yeah, like something is stressing her out to where she can't look away. Uh, okay, then let's, I guess, just go ahead and move on to what we're playing. This is like a pretty, pretty early to do that, but hey, I'm I'm about it. Um, so, Indy, what are you playing? Because I don't have shit this week because I'm still playing Horizon, and uh, that, that's a long game. But not quite as long as Elden Ring, which you're oh, farther man. into. That fucking game. Um, so yeah, uh, those that have been watching on Twitch know that I've been going through Elden Ring. The last time, um, I talked about it on the podcast, I think I had like seven, maybe ten hours, uh, into it. Um, I'm currently sitting at just shy of 40 hours on my, oh wow guys, I'm sorry, I'm burping a lot. <laughs> um, I'm sitting at just shy of 40 hours on Xbox. And I have 13 hours on my uh, PlayStation character. So, all in all, a little over 50 hours. The scope of this game... I I don't even have words, man. Like, every time that I sign off, I know I accomplish something. And then I think about all of the clips that I've seen of other people playing. Like, areas and bosses I haven't even seen yet. And I'm like... Dear God, how much more do I have to find? Because there are things that people have that I want. Like, you can make a clone of yourself, and they will fight alongside you. Um, I've seen bosses, and what's confusing to me is that, uh, from what I understand, I only have one more child of America demigod person to go fight. And I, I don't know what comes after that, but I only have one left. Um, now it could be a case of once I beat that person and there's like, Hey, there's 12 other people you need to add to your hit list. Go get them. But it's, it's amazing. And what's crazy is I'll watch like two piece play it, or I'll watch, um, eccentric play it. Um, which for those that don't know, those are friends of the channel. Um, and of the podcast, uh, they're on Twitch, but they're in a much earlier stage of the game than I am. And I have seen them both find things that I did not find. And then I went and played on my PlayStation um, character. When was it? I think it was Friday night. It was Friday night because I did it after Ashley's stream. And 
I found two things in the early area that I didn't know were there. Um, just by going back through the early areas with a relatively newer character. So this game has high replay value. Um, I almost want to say more so than Bloodborne. It's just, I, I love the aesthetic of Bloodborne. So Bloodborne is still my number one compared to Elden Ring. But I will say, I do believe that Elden Ring deserves all the praise that it's been getting. So that's where I'll leave it for now. Um, I probably won't talk about Elden Ring on the podcast again until I've rolled credits. Um, just so I don't, you know, retread old territory, but it is an amazing game. I fully recommend it. Um, for me to have 50 hours in the game at this point in my life says a lot. Yeah, that is pretty impressive. Uh, and I've been seeing that just across the board. Like, people are just surprisingly addicted to this game. I mean, I guess it's not so surprising if you have played a lot of FromSoft games. Uh, but, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people who are new to this, too. And they're just like, they can't believe it. It's a lot of what you said. It's just that there's, there's always something new to find. Uh, you know, you can take it at your own pace, which is a little yeah. bit different than the previous FromSoft games. Uh, it seems like the the amount of bosses is like tripled. <laughs> I'm really impressed by it as well. I'm, I'm enjoying watching other people play it. I don't think I'll play it myself, at least not for like a while. Uh, you know, I'm thinking probably years, but who knows? It's just because right now, I've, as I talked about last week, I'm just kind of in that open world fatigue phase. But yeah, it's just undeniable, like how uh, impressive this game is, and th- despite like some of the bugs, you know, we've, we've discussed that. But overall, yeah, I think this game for sure deserves all the praise it's getting. Definitely, and I agree. I mean, if you're somebody who's kind of burnt out on open world games, wait until you're past that to start Elden Ring because you will not enjoy it. The it, this whole game is built around exp- uh ex- I was about to say explanation around exploration. <laughs> it's it's that's the opposite of explanation. <laughs> right. There's no um exposition whatsoever. Um but I will say this game is better about the exposition than any of the other FromSoft games. Well, that's good to hear. But yeah, I mean just it it challenges you to explore and rewards you for exploring which is something that I love about the FromSoft games. There have been so many games where I think like, oh, this looks like a hidden path. There's probably something hidden back here. And then you find out, no, it's just you can go back there. Whereas with FromSoft games, most of the time, there's going to be something back there. And it could be anything from here's an extra healing item to here's a badass fucking weapon that you are not even leveled enough to use. But hey, you found it so you can use it later. That, that totally has happened to me in Bloodborne, where I'm just like, when I was exploring on my own, and I'm just like, huh, I've never seen this little area back here, and there's crates yeah. around. I'm like, I wonder if I hit these crates, and then I do, and then it's like a whole other path, and then you jump down, and you start going down that path, and then you're like, holy shit, that leads back to this area. <laughs> yeah, you find a whole shortcut. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Apart from Elden Ring, there are two other games that I've started playing recently. 
thanks to two peas, I have gotten back into the world of destiny. So I downloaded destiny Two at the beginning of last week or at the very end of the week before started building my classic warlock class, which is what I've always played since the first destiny. And honestly, I haven't, I've had like no desire to get back into destiny. Um, since destiny one, I tried getting into destiny two, um, shortly after it went free to play. I never paid for it. And I, I just, I couldn't get into it for whatever reason, but after playing halo infinite, like, Halo Infinite left me wanting more, I guess is the best way I can say, especially lately. Just, you know, I know we've all been struggling with the lack of content. A lot of us are burnt out on Halo at this point, but I love the gameplay. That's the only reason that I keep coming back to it. The gameplay is fun. Even if the maps are really, really old at this point. You know what it feels like at this point? Halo feels like you got a really amazing steak and it tasted amazing when you first started chewing but you are still chewing on that piece of steak and it's been like five minutes now and all the flavor is gone and you're just like okay I'm ready to either spit this out or swallow it I need something at this point and I feel like at this point we're just stuck chewing that same piece of steak and it's just it's lost all flavor I don't like it anymore it's time for something new that's an interesting um, metaphor or comparison, but I <laughs> like it because it's pretty accurate. I mean, I feel like it works. But uh, Destiny has been a lot of fun. Um, it's got that grinding mechanic. What was I trying to say? It's got that grinding mechanic that it's just you never know what you're going to get from doing certain missions. Typically, I don't really care for looter shooters, but for some reason right now I'm loving it. Um, I actually had, um, or rather I had the privilege of playing with two peas in their community last night. So by the time you guys are hearing this, uh, it'll be Thursday. I got to play with them on Saturday night when I got off work and that was a lot of fun. I was vastly underpowered for it cause it was a playlist called iron banner, which apparently takes into account your light level, which is just what your character is leveled up to. So not everybody is created equally, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, yeah. But even then, it was still a lot of fun. The gameplay was great. Um, yeah, so it's really cool to revisit an old game like that. And to me, it feels brand new. I always love it when that happens, when you go back and play something in your backlog, and it actually is a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I saw Haley tweet- tweeting out about you guys playing, and she was all excited, and I was like, yeah, I'm I'm happy for you guys. I I don't understand anything about Destiny, but I'm happy for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been hearing just tons of good things about the Witch Queen. I have, too. Like, people are just saying it's probably the best Destiny's ever been. Um, and, and if you're a new player, this is now the time to jump in. Definitely. And especially with the uh, the Bungie 30th anniversary stuff that wasn't too long ago. Um, the first weapon that I unlocked from that set was the BXR, which I, I still love the fact that it's called the BXR. Um, for those that don't <laughs> know, it's a Halo 2 reference because you used to like double the fire rate of the battle rifle by hitting that button combination. So you could melee, act like you're reloading and then immediately pull the trigger. So it was literally BXR. I remember that. I did not remember until you just said that, and I'm like, oh my god, that just popped yeah. back into my mind. 
So BXR is what they've named the battle rifle in Destiny, and the um, Halo 1 pistol is called the Forerunner. Nice. I'm still trying to unlock that pistol. Um, I haven't gotten that weapon drop yet, but I know as soon as I do, I'm going to freak the fuck out. Yeah, I like the shout-outs to the uh, Bungie's previous games. They usually do that stuff in all their games, though. Like, in Halo, they had little references to, like, Oni and Marathon and things like that. There's one other game that I have been playing. Well, I, I won't say I've been playing it. I dipped my toe into it. Um, I started Tunic, which, um, for those that don't know, Tunic is a indie game. Um, it was actually supposed to come out um, right before the pandemic started. Um, it's from what I understand at that time is being made by one guy. I don't know if that's how it's been throughout its entire development cycle. Um, when you are initially looking at it, you're going to get, um, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past vibes. You're playing as like a bushy tailed fox. Um, it's top down. Well, not true top down. It's like three quarter view, um, from a top angle. And it looks like a dungeon crawler, like puzzle solving, um, it looks incredibly basic, but after playing it, I'm even more intrigued by it because it's also a roguelike, which I didn't know until I started playing it. When you die, you drop all your experience points. You have to get back and get it. There's these little statues you can rest at um, that will respawn all of the enemies. So you can go as long as you can and those areas will stay cleaned out until you rest again. Um, there's a lot of puzzle solving elements. It's actually challenging as far as your timing and everything for certain groups of enemies. Um, I've only got like two hours into it. Um, so I'm not going to say a whole lot about it, but I will say my initial assessment of it is it is a very unique game. I love it. Um, I'm excited to get back into it and play more. Um, honestly, by the time you guys are hearing this, you probably saw me play it on Twitch last night, because as of right now, that's probably going to be the game I'm going to be playing, uh, this week. Um, it may or may not change, but if I didn't play it last night, I will be playing it very soon. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I actually look forward to seeing more of that, because it looked pretty cool. I, I like the old Zelda vibes and... To to know that it's like a roguelike is kind of an interesting added element to it. So yeah, everybody, uh, I hope you tuned into that broadcast. And if if you didn't, you better tune in next time. I'll give our little Twitch plug here, <laughs> Boundless Gamers on Twitch, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. If you are listening to this episode as it aired on Thursday... Um, write us some messages on Facebook and, um, Instagram, Twitter, wherever, because Ashley will probably be streaming tomorrow night on Friday, and she did her first art stream last week, and it went really well. Um, she takes requests, so she just puts on some, uh, some synthwave music and does a lot of art, and it's just a cool chat session, so come hang out with us. Yeah, that, that was really cool. I enjoyed that one. She drew the Turtle Pope, which... Is that from Elden, <laughs> from Elden Ring? Ring? Okay, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, that's that like a totally weird-ass Elden Ring character. I mean, it's pretty much what it is. It's a giant turtle with, like, a Pope uh, hat or whatever you call those things on. Yeah, she drew him, and she did Aloy in her style. 
I know I've already put in one request with her, and I requested that she draws uh, one of the nurses from Silent Hill, but in a pinup style. So I'm really excited to see what she does with that. That that will be amazing. And she is taking suggestions, so throw those suggestions. Just yeah, throw those. <sighs> Throw those suggestions out there. <laughs> Mike can just leave that fuck up in. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all I've played this week. Um, I am curious about one thing that I know you did play. Um, I know you guys had a uh, Friday the 13th game night session. I'm curious how that went. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't even think about that because like I've said before <laughs> in this podcast... I have this weird compartmentalization in my brain with games I play on Twitch. It's almost like I forget that I played them. Like, no, I get that. Like, it's supposed to, like, I don't think of them as like, hey, I'll talk about these on the podcast because I just figure people are watching. But I guess not everybody who listens to the podcast is watching our Twitch. Uh, right. You should be. You should be ashamed of yourself if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, uh, that's all I'll say about that. Go follow us on Twitch. Okay, no, enough of the plugs. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Friday the 13th. Yeah, so it came about because I was talking to my friend Doug, who's on on Twitch, uh, for a creep from outer space. Go follow him as well. <laughs> and we're both huge horror nerds. And particularly, we both love Friday the 13th as well. And... It had been a while since we both played that game because I, it's just, you know, the, it's, it's, there's a lot of problems. It's, you know, the community kind of died down because the dev gun media, Ilphonic, they kind of stopped supporting it because of a whole lawsuit thing. But anyway, so I was like, you know what? I, uh, I think I should get a bunch of people together and see if we can get a private room or something going. And so, so we did, and we actually just went ahead and searched for online matches because we were only missing like one person. So we're like, eh, we'll just like let a random come in there. And it actually turned out just fine. Uh, we we nice. played for probably about, I don't know, three hours and it was fun, man. Cause I, I still love that game. Like is for all its faults, it's still the actual just core gameplay is really fun to play, especially with friends and I know Ash is a huge horror fan too. And um, <laughs> she actually, her first match in, she got picked to be Jason. Yeah, she told me about that. And it was like after a rough day too. Like she got poked in the eye by a child. Yeah, <laughs> our loving niece uh, tried to bird box her. Fucking children. I told you last week. <laughs> you gotta, gotta watch out for him. <laughs> No, um, I swear I do love children. I I know it sounds like I hate them, okay? I know if I have to try to justify this too much, then I, you're suspicious, but I, I promise you, I do love children, okay? He's really a sweet guy, guys. Just, you know, <laughs> give him a chance. I just don't want to see children, or I don't want anything to do with them, but I love them. Okay, so anyway, yeah, Friday. No, but we had a blast. It was it was so fun, you know, the 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 game kind of just came right back to me really quickly and um it's just fun, you know, just going around like working with your friends to survive or killing your friends as Jason and <laughs> shit talking. Um there was this one instance where 
it was pretty much just down to like me and Mike in a 1v1 duel and Mike was Jason. And well, there was a couple other people still alive, but I was essentially just like trolling Mike to buy time for the others. Right. And my, I knew I wasn't going to survive because I, I had low stamina and all that stuff. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to piss Mike off. That's my goal. So I was doing my damnedest. I even fucking, he got me trapped in a corner and I kind of juked him, faked him out. He swung at me, missed. I hit him back with an axe, knocked him out on the ground, and I teabagged him. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then, uh, but I must have led him around for like a few minutes. And uh, I even jumped out of a second story window and healed myself and still got away. And damn, it was funny, man. Um, so yeah, uh, it, yeah, not much else to say, but it, it's possible we might do this again because I think we all really enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. And it gets us out of Halo. Yeah, exactly. We're trying to find alternatives to Halo right now until they actually come out with more content worth playing. And we mean more than just the two maps that they have planned. Yeah, I, I'm Yeah, I'm more mainly... I mean, that's something, but like, I think yeah. we're all looking forward to Forge, most of all. And some oh, people yeah. are probably still looking forward to co-op campaign, but maybe less and less so as time goes on. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm just, I'm waiting for Forge, because I know as soon as it comes out, I know our group will definitely start mixing in custom games a lot more than matchmaking, because we'll start going back to modes like Jenga and Cat and Mouse and this, that, and the other, and I, I can't wait for it. Oh, uh, yeah, same. I That's going to revitalize the game for sure. But, uh, all right, well, I guess that's it for our what we're playing section. Uh, we will go ahead and move on to the inventory. There's six items on the list this week. Woo! So I'm going to go ahead and reach into this giant bag of holding and pull out the first one. <laughs> Yay, D&D references. Number one, and you'll be happy about this. You probably already heard, Indy, but Elden Ring has sold 12 million copies worldwide. Hell yes. That's just absolutely bonkers. <laughs> For a FromSoft game, definitely. Yeah. And, and technically, I don't know if it's sold because I, I'm reading a little bit more into it and it says these numbers are derived from the d distribution figures of the package oh, version gotcha. plus the digital sales. So the digital sales are, are actual sales, but I think it might just be like how many physical copies they shipped. But but still, like, I, that's impressive. Like, Oh, and by now it's over 12 million. And it shipped 1 million copies alone in Japan alone. That's impressive. And that's in less than three weeks. That's like a two and a half week span. It's like, just for context, uh, I mean, like the big Sony first party games, you know, like Spider-Man, God of War, The Last of Us. Those are usually those usually sell like ten million copies, but it takes a lot longer. And true, those are only on one platform. But the fact that I mean, this twelve million—that's like way beyond anything from software has done. That's I think what Dark Souls combined, like all three of those games sold like. You might get to that figure. Yeah. yeah, it might be a little bit higher, but that's like combined in the history of Dark Souls like over the years. Uh, point is, this game is a phenomenon, as if we didn't already notice that. Yes. 
now I am curious like what the completion rate is because this is a very very large game and given the type of game it is I think a lot of people probably aren't going to get very far I have a feeling that a lot of the hype like people got caught up in it and they just went ahead and like uh, um, impulse bought Elden Ring oh absolutely and then they popped it in and they're like oh no (laughs) yeah that's where you start seeing all these articles saying, like, why is this game so hard? This game needs an easy mode. Same thing happened when Sekiro came out. I feel like with every FromSoft game that comes out, that figure grows and grows and grows. Like, it really does seem like they are perfecting their craft with every single game they put out. Yeah, definitely. They, they, they for sure are evolving. And I think this is probably the most accessible Elden Ring, even though... It is still a FromSoft game, and it's ridiculously hard. But, uh, yeah, no, that's just... Yeah, I just wanted to give that a shout-out, because that's super impressive, no matter how you cut it. Okay, story number two. This is about The Initiative, Xbox's first-party developer, and just the wave of departures they've had in the past year. Um, I don't know if, if you've seen this, but... They, uh, it's a lot. Like, apparently half of their senior management team has left in the past 12 months. Yeah, I remember seeing this. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, because they are working on the Perfect Dark reboot, which we've seen, like, one CGI trailer at this point, but... Yeah. I, I, I forget which year this studio was, um, introduced, but it's been a few years. But, uh, yeah, this, um, this is not good for Xbox, because they're... No. They, they've, there's kind of been questions surrounding them if they can manage all of these studios that they've acquired. Because Sony has a history of this, and they pretty much do a bang-up job at managing all these big studios. But with Xbox, I think they still have some uh, something to prove. Yeah, they're... Um... They are probably going to be going through some growing pains, um, trying to figure all of this out. Um, and I know for Phil Spencer, it's it's got to be a lot. He's, at this point, I'd imagine he's trying his best, but um, I don't even know what the solution would be going forward. Um, but yeah, that amount of people leaving um, is kind of alarming, especially when Xbox has been trying to establish this um, almost this image of all these negative things that we hear about all these other studios, but like sexual harassment, this, that, and the other, that they don't have that issue. So it just kind of makes you wonder, like, so what are y'all doing wrong then if y'all can't hang on to all your people? Yeah, well, in this case, it seems like what happened is Crystal Dynamics was brought in to assist, but it seemed like they butted heads with the initiative management. Uh, There was just, their ideas were not aligned at all. And um, it seems like that's where it stemmed from. And I think Crystal Dynamics was used to developing from the top down, like management has all the ideas and which, and then, the initiative was under the impression, well, it was going to be from the bottom up. Like it's going to be the creatives at the bottom coming up with these, you know, implement coming up with these ideas. And then it would be, you know, just go up the ladder like that. Um, so, so far it's like, here's just some of the departures. Uh, let's see the game director, <laughs> 
Dan Newberger, the design director, Drew Murray, who went back to Insomniac to just become a designer. Uh, lead level designer, Chris O'Neill. Principal world builder, Julian Myers. Uh, two senior system designers. And a group of three former God of War designers, plus more. So mm. you, there's no way this isn't severely hampering the development of this game. Um, they're yeah. already way behind, and this is probably just adding on like more years. So who knows when we'll see this game. I think it's probably going to be like Crystal Dynamics is just going to take the lead now. Which which is fine if they can pull it together, because they're a good developer. Um right. Yeah, but, but we will see. And I think they need a win after Avengers. Uh, definitely. Uh, so, I mean, do you have anything you want to add to this? I mean, I'm just going to say that it's. I think it's kind of gotten to the point to where you could almost say Perfect Dark is in development hell. Oh, no, you can. It's there. It's there. It's not almost. It's there. <laughs> Whenever you have two developers that butt heads like this um you it, it does reflect on the game unless one developer just scraps everything the other one did and starts doing their own thing because i mean from what i've noticed a lot of times when a game is like almost finished and then somebody else comes on uh one of two things happens either the game just flat out doesn't work or you'll even notice a tone change from like the beginning of the game to the other half of the game. Like you can just tell where writers changed. You can tell where development changed. Um, like bugs will show up in one part, but they don't show up in others. So I have no idea where this is going to go. Um, I mean, the biggest studio that, or I won't say the biggest, but one of the biggest studios that Microsoft is known for right now is 343, and they can't even do things that Bungie did way back in the day. So. I it doesn't inspire confidence. Um, that's where I'll leave it. I, I think you're right, and you bring up a good point with three four three too. That that's another one of their big studios that has proven time and time again that they just can't handle Halo as we all expect. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I think I think three four three is super talented because they have created an amazing game in Halo Infinite. But they, with every Halo they've made, it just seems like it's always behind schedule. And this one in particular, um, they they just can't keep up with this being a live service game, too. They just can't keep up with it. And I don't know what Xbox needs to do. Uh, probably hire more people, for one. But that just leads to another problem in the industry right now is, like, these publishers are having trouble hiring developers. Like, yeah. there's a shortage of developers. And uh, that, as you can see with um, the initiative, like, that's going on around the industry, too. Just, like, rampant exits by mainly, like, higher-level management. Um, and I don't know if it's due to burnout in a lot of cases, which we'll be talking about burnout for our topic later. But mm -hmm. um, So that's pretty relevant. Um, or if it's just in this case where it's, just butting heads, too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, and I, I think that's where you were talking about with Phil Spencer. Like, I think he needs to do something. I don't know what exactly yeah. that is because I don't get paid to make those decisions, but uh, he might need to hire some people to kind of produce and manage these studios a lot better. 
Well, I wonder if it's um I wonder if it has something to do with like the phenomenon that we've been seeing in the past two years, like with the great resignation, just like mm-hmm. a lot of people are sick of the status quo. Like they're tired of being treated a certain way, they're tired of the pressure. Um and all these upper management people that keep on leaving, they're used to being able to do things a certain way. And now they're being told, Hey, you can't do that anymore. And instead of trying to fix it, maybe some of them are just fucking bouncing. Like, no, fuck this. I'm done. So, I mean, there's no telling. I mean, you see it in all kinds of workplaces where people are just sick of accepting that things are the way that they are and they're demanding change. And, one side's going to break. Either you're going to lose your low-level people or you're going to lose your high-level people. So that could be part of what's going on. Um, like you said, we're not in there. We we don't really get the full story. We just like get the aftermath. Like, hey, so-and-so left. Why'd they leave? Well, we don't know. So I don't know. It'd be very interesting. I, I will say just as like a gamer, you know, and an Xbox fan, it is super frustrating that they are not getting out more first-party exclusives. Um, yeah. I know they had a great end of the year last year. Like, they had Forza Horizon 5. They had Halo Infinite. They had Psychonauts 2. They had all these games that were highly rated. But it's like, for how many studios they've acquired and how many years ago they, a lot of that shit was announced and you would just expect them to be a little bit farther along. And I think that just speaks to this management problem that they have to figure out. Cause as it stands right now, we're probably not going to be getting like a constant flow of exclusives like they want until at least midway to the end of this current console generation, I think, which is highly disappointing. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't feel like, buying all these studios was necessary for Microsoft. I mean, they have Game Pass, and they're killing it with Game Pass. Hell, uh, MLB The Show comes out on Game Pass now day one. You don't have to be the party that has all of these first-party, like, AAA, like, Hollywood hit games. Like, Sony has that. That's that's kind of their identity right now. You're not going to beat them on single-player. Um, I mean, you could give it enough time, but that's not who you are right now. Right now... You are the value company. Like, you have the best value for your service. $14 a month, you get this huge log of titles that are just accessible to you, plus your online service. And you get games with gold, which, I mean, honestly, is kind of laughable, but it's there. So, why they feel the need to buy all of these developers and mismanage them, I just, I feel like it's, they're, they're doing too much at this point. You, you don't need to do that. Um, just focus on what you have do those things really, really well, and you don't have to own every third-party company. You don't need to go buy Activision. You don't need to go buy this. You don't need to go buy that. Just do your thing. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of Xbox and great value, I'm just going to transition over to our number three story, (laughs) and that is Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members can get 30 days of Paramount Plus for free via their perks program starting March 23rd, which will, by the time this podcast releases, it's already past that date. So right now, (laughs) you can go ahead and go on there uh, and search for that. They'll probably be promoting it on the dashboard. 
But oh, uh, the reason why this is relevant is because the Halo TV series is premiering the day this la- our podcast launches Thursday, and hey. it's uh, so if you want to go ahead and watch, uh, you, you'll get thirty days. You can watch. You know, this is a weekly released show, so I don't. I didn't go ahead and check like when this expires. This offer, but if you could time it right, you might hold off on redeeming this. Wait till the Halo series is over or almost over because it's going to be nine episodes and then go ahead and redeem that and just binge the whole show for free. And for those of you that listen to this podcast before watching Halo, good for you. You have your priorities right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) I can guarantee you this. This podcast is better than the Halo series. I can't back that up at all. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> I actually heard it's not too bad, even though it doesn't really follow the games entirely, which yeah. is why I'm like, indie might have a problem with this. I'm just, I'm, I'm very lukewarm on it. I mean, I'll, I'll get to it eventually, but I'm not like, oh my God, I can't wait till Thursday. I can't wait to watch it. I'm just kind of like, uh, I mean, I might watch that. I might continue the Cuphead show. I don't know. How is that Cuphead show, by the way? It is actually really good. Um, it is a hundred percent old school Looney Tunes, um, old school Disney cartoon. Like I, we booted it up. It's like classic animated slapstick comedy. Um, if you grew up with our generation, like watching those cartoons, you will love the Cuphead show. I have recently been watching a let's play of uh, Cuphead as well. And because I've never played it myself, I I just don't even dare because I. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I just will get so frustrated and I just I just can't do that. Um, But I just cannot believe how insane the animation is on this game. <laughs> like, it's insanely stunning. I mean, I, it doesn't even do it justice. Like, if you've never seen the like, Cuphead, oh, my God, like there's a reason why it takes them so long to, to make this. Cause it's just, it's all, every part of it is hand animated and the old style cartoons, like the old Disney cartoons. And, um, yeah, I'm just impressed with that. So maybe I'll check out that cuphead show one of these days. Would you be open to co-oping co uh, cuphead a little bit? Maybe just a few levels. Ooh, maybe. Okay. Maybe we'll see. Okay. Cause I'm thinking, if you've never tried it, maybe me and you do a stream one night on Monday and you and I will just do a, a, a co-op run for one night. That, yeah, that sounds like fun, actually. God, man, that's prepare to uh, laugh if you're in chat for that one. Cause, <laughs> boy, I'm going to be getting probably super pissed. Or laughing. Nah, or we'll, both. we'll have fun. Yeah, no, no doubt. We'll have fun. Uh, I can't, isn't uh, Cuphead on Game Pass, too? Um, it was at one I point. Don't, I don't know if it's... it was at one point. I don't know if it is now. Okay, because that would be even better. Because uh, I don't think I'll buy this. So, gotcha. Well, we'll see. We'll figure it out later. Maybe we'll be on PlayStation Plus before uh, everything goes down. Actually, it'd be awesome if it went on PlayStation Plus uh, shortly before the Delicious Last Course comes out. Right. Yeah, that's been delayed a while. I think that's finally set to come out soon. Right. Yeah, it's coming out in June, because I remember seeing it and be like, oh shit, it's my birthday. Oh yeah, okay, nice. Yeah, maybe we'll do that this summer, I don't know, we'll see. Okay, uh, number four on the list, 
So the Supermassive announced their next game, and it's not part of the Dark Pictures anthology. It's actually a spiritual successor to Until Dawn, which was a Sony PlayStation exclusive. And this game is called The Quarry, and it is coming out this year. They kind of just su- surprise dropped this announcement <laughs> recently, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm totally shocked, but happy, because I enjoy those games. Uh, and it's uh, 2K Games is actually publishing. It's coming out this summer, which, based on the trailer, if you have not watched it, summer is a perfect time for this to drop. Absolutely. Because it's going to be kind of a take on, like, the old 80s B-horror movies, like Friday the mm-hmm. 13th, and it's like a teen, you know, a group of teens, and they're at this this camp, this summer camp, and there's killers around, and you know the whole yeah. gist of it. Um, but this one actually has, like, some pretty recognizable names in it. I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, it looks like they're, I mean, in the trailer, they were, they were showcasing David Arquette, which, I mean, cool, I guess. That's like a weird casting choice, but I mean, I guess like he's known <laughs> for Scream a lot, and he's had a history with horror, so. Um, and then you also got Ariel Winter, who's from Modern Family, and you've got Justice Smith from Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Uh, <laughs> you've got Brenda Song, who is like a, a Disney uh, actor. Yeah, Disney Channel kid star. Yeah, yep. And you've got Lance Henriksen from the Aliens franchise. Mm-hmm. And we've got Lynn Shay, which you probably don't know that name, but guaranteed if you saw her face, you would know who she was. Uh, she she was in Insidious. She was like the, the older woman. I think she was like a oh, medium okay. or something. Yeah. And there's others too. There's That's, that's not all, but... Uh, now, the the cool thing about this game is it's actually going to be, I believe, up to eight players can play this oh shit yeah so it'll have a co-op mode where you can invite up to seven friends into your game and you all take control of one character in the game and you can all make decisions together and vote on things and that sounds like a lot of fun really cool yeah i think we might have to get a boundless gamers a game going on this hell yeah yeah, I just, I, I can't wait. And you can probably, you can betray people and stuff. I, I just can't <laughs> wait to see the dynamics of what happens when we all play. God, this sounds like a good time. I am totally thinking one of us is definitely going to betray the group for sure, if not more. <laughs> no, we're all so trustworthy. I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm voting either you or Ash is going to betray somebody. <laughs> I well, I mean, given our track record on Among Us, I'm sure I'll be voted imposter at the very beginning. I yeah, mean. right. As soon as the game starts, Indy's the killer. I know it. You can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> no, I'm not being unreasonable. <laughs> no, I'm not. Don't tell me to calm down. <laughs> Listen, I mean, like flat out witch trials. Listen, if he goes out and he comes back in, he's a witch. If he goes out and dies. He wasn't a witch. Either way, we're safer for it. <laughs> exactly. Either way, we're killing him now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, look forward to that this summer. I don't think they have an exact release date, but yeah, just look forward to it this summer. Moving on to our next story, number five. So Ash will be happy about this one because apparently A Plague Tale Innocence is getting a TV series which I did not expect this at all. No, not even a little bit. But I'm very happy, because uh, we've both 
been praising, me and Ash have been praising this game, uh, Mike too, for, for like all this year. I think it was actually in our awards. I think I voted it my best new old game. Yeah, I think you did. So, and this this show is going to be uh, produced by French people to try to make it as accurate to the culture as possible. Like, they, they specifically did not want to hand over development of this to Americans, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> totally understandable. I, I, I like that decision. Not much more to say about this, because we don't really have any other information on it as of yet, other than it's being made, so... uh I'm sure uh, some streaming service will pick it up once it's completed. Something to look forward to. All right, um, let's move on to our final story in the inventory, number six. And that is the Hogwarts Legacy State of Play that just happened recently. And uh, we we got our first extended look at this game. And it kind of totally shocked the internet, because it looks a hell of a lot better than anybody expected. It looks a lot better than it has any right to be. Yeah, well, completely, yes. So so they released, like, a decent chunk of gameplay, which I appreciated. It was mainly all gameplay. Um, and it's so it's going to be a open-world action RPG. It's, it's going to be totally single-player, no microtransactions, none of that horse shit, which I'm happy about. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty much, I would, I would highly recommend go watch the trailer, like stop, pause this podcast, go over on YouTube, check out the trailer, the gameplay, it's maybe like 15 minutes long, and then come back and listen to this. It's pretty much, if you're a Harry Potter fan, this game is everything that you would want in a Harry Potter game. It's it's just a world third person camera. You can just roam around Hogwarts. You can roam around the surrounding area. The uh, I think it's called like Hogsmeade. Now I'm not a Harry Potter fan. Like I've only seen the first Harry Potter movie, and that was only within the last like few months. That's right. I think I remember you saying that. Yeah, because I because I, I just had like people will not shut up about Harry Potter. So I was like, that's fair. I was like. I got to check out these movies, even though this doesn't seem like it's my thing. I'm going to give them a try. So I watched the first Harry Potter movie, did not really like it. But I have heard that the movies get significantly better, like starting with the third one. Like the first two are a little corny still because the kids are young. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe one day I'll go back and watch the rest of them. But that doesn't matter because like, you know, I'm just glad the Harry Potter fans are finally getting this and it seems like it's gonna live up to everything that you would have wanted in a game of this type and i mean from what i've seen like even if you're not a fan of the movies like if let's just say you've lived under a rock for the past 20 years and you have no idea what the fuck harry potter is but you like video games this looks like it'd be a decent video game in its own right like scratch the harry potter name out of it it still looks like a fun game regardless yeah, totally. I, I think um, if I wasn't so fatigued with open world games, I would definitely want to play this. And I, I might still play it one day because it does look like a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, you don't play as Harry Potter. It's I'm not sure where it takes place in the timeline, but you you create your own character and then you play as that. Um, if I remember correctly from when this game first got announced, um, the timeline is it takes place. Um, 
it's anywhere from like a hundred years to I'll say anywhere from a hundred to fifty years before the events of Harry Potter. So it's it's all prequel. Like it's supposed to be way before any of that. Okay, gotcha. I wonder if it's canon because I would think that it couldn't be based on the fact that you create your own character. There's no telling with how, from what I understand, with how often J.K. Rowling is changing shit from that world, just left and right, depending on how woke she wants to be that day. I mean, I have no idea what is canon, what's not canon in that universe. All I know is the fans are tired of constantly shifting things around. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, we can comment on J.K. Rowling too real quick, or Rowling, I don't know how you say her name. Um. Just because, you know, it's intrinsically tied to all this. There's been a whole debate going around the internet. And I'm kind of curious how you feel because a lot of people are protesting this game and saying they're not going to buy it. Journalists are saying they're not going to cover it because of her name. And I'm just curious how you feel. I'm never the biggest Harry Potter fan. I mean, I kind of missed that bandwagon when I was a kid because um, my mom did not let us read it because it was witchcraft and, you know, the devil, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I didn't watch or read any of these books or movies until I was a little bit older. Um, actually it was when I started dating my ex. Um, she was really heavy into Harry Potter and we had a marathon. We watched the movies. I thought they were good. Um, I definitely saw the appeal for some people, but I wasn't like, oh my God, I love everything about this universe. Um, so as far as how passionate I feel about this, that, or the other, I really don't care to be perfectly honest, um, I'm judging it based off of what it is. I mean, her name being attached to it, you know, whatever it, it, it is what it is, but the vibes I get from looking at it for, if you're a Harry Potter fan, I'd imagine they get the same vibe that I got when I saw Batman Arkham Asylum for the first time. Like Arkham Asylum was the first Batman game that I looked at. I'm like, I will feel like Batman playing this game. I look at this game, I'm like, you will feel like you're in the Wizarding World playing this game. So, if you are a fan, I I would almost want to say I urge you to remove the politics from it. Don't punish a developer or anything like that because of your reasons for the original author or what have you. Don't deny yourself a good experience. Like, go play the game, have fun. I mean, yeah, she's going to get her money regardless. This game is going to sell. I mean, if you if you want to vote for your wallet or with your wallet and say, you know, fuck that bitch, go do your thing. But I urge you don't punish a good developer for politics. That's that's where I stand on it. I mean, if that were the case, I would have never watched another Star Wars movie after The Force Awakens came out. But I'm going to watch Star Wars. I love that series. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I I agree pretty much with all you said. I, I get that it is a complicated situation because, and if you feel like strongly against JK and you won't support this game, that's fine. That's your right. I, I know she has been outspoken kind of on like, uh, you know, I don't even know what you want to call it. I don't even know if I want to get into it because it's such a hot button topic, but just mainly towards, you know, people call her a turf, trans exclusionist, radical feminist. I believe that's what that stands for. There's a whole lot of things. I mean, even with the, the way the movies were going, like I heard a story recently that Robin Williams had read the books and he was, he was in love with that universe and he wanted to audition for the role of Hagrid. 
and J.K. Rowling flat out said, I will not have any Americans in this movie. And he was not even given the opportunity to audition, which I heard that is like, that's really fucked up because Robin Williams is always one of my favorite actors. So, yeah, I I just think like, you know, it's I, I've always been like kind of you can separate the art from the artist. I've never had yeah. a problem really doing that, you know, depending on what it is. There might be some instances, but for the most part, I think the art stands alone and really creatively, she has nothing to do with this. This is all avalanche uh, software, the developer. So, you know, they, then they've been excluding her from the promotion and stuff, you know, strategically because they know it's, yeah, she's a, a hot button issue. And, you know, I don't, I don't really have any feelings on her alone. Cause I, I just, I just, it's not that I don't care. It's just, there's too much to take in, in this world. And yeah. Um, you know, it's, this probably will lead into our topic very well, actually about burnout. So I don't know if you just want to go ahead and move on to our topic right now. Yeah, we absolutely can. Okay. And then this was your idea. So I'll let you take it over from here and then we could just go where you want to go. Yeah, for those that have been listening, uh, today's topic has to do with burnout, um, more so on the creative side. Um, if you are a content creator or entertainer, like with Twitch, podcast, what have you, um, I have a few friends who are, and in the past two months, I think every single creative person that I know has had to tackle burnout or discouragement in one way, shape or form, whether it's you're just, you're tired. Um, a lot of stuff in life is going on and you don't feel like you can entertain right now, or you don't even feel like you want to entertain. Um, or you are somebody who has goals and you want to, you're very passionate about what you want to do and you want to hit those goals more than anything. And you're, you're not growing as fast as you want. And then you start comparing yourself to others um, that are pro- that started with you, but are growing so much faster than you. And you feel discouraged that you're not growing as fast as you would like, or you feel like, you know, I'm just as entertaining as this person. Why am I not growing at the same rate? Um, so I had the idea the other day just to kind of like, you know, let's talk about it. Let's address it because we've all dealt with burnout. We even dealt with it very, very recently. We took a week off from Twitch, the podcast, everything, just so we can get our heads on straight. Um, and, and a part of that was, I mean, we had a lot of brand new games coming out. So we all felt a little overwhelmed with life, games, the podcast, everything. So, I mean, I we wanted to talk about it and kind of address it. Maybe we can help some of you that listen to the show if you if you are somebody who is creative and you're facing some of these same things, we'll talk about some of our personal experiences, how we kind of cope with it, how we keep the passion going, um, how even if you know you're tired and don't necessarily feel like entertaining or doing it, you still do a podcast, you still stream regardless, and still try and do your best, and just kind of bounce back through it, and um, just kind of keep going. Um, So I'm not exactly sure where to start with this particular topic, but I guess I'll just kind of start with um, the thing that I tend to overcome easiest, and that's looking at somebody who's super successful and trying not to compare yourself to that person. Like, don't measure your success against somebody else's. 
Um, I know this is something that's a lot harder for some people. Um, for me personally, I know that person probably doesn't have half the stuff going on that I do. Like you do have limits as far as how much you can handle or how much you like, even emotionally, how much you can like charge your social battery enough to like get out there and entertain. Cause I know some of us are introverts by nature, but you wouldn't know it by listening to us on a podcast or on Twitch. You would probably look at us and be like, these guys are super extroverted. They have a lot of hype. They have a lot of energy. They're funny. Sometimes that is not who we are. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I work in sales, me personally. So I go to work and I'm an extrovert by profession. But when I'm at home, trust me, I want to be at home in pajamas and a sweatshirt, and I just want to be left the hell alone. Yeah, because by that time, you've burned out all of your energy for the day. Yeah, it's, it is a, I always refer to it as a social battery, and trust me, that bitch is on E a lot. <laughs> um, but I do like to make a point of when I work in retail, you see a ton of toxic individuals, customers coming in yelling at you saying you fucked up their bill or something like that. And you didn't do a damn thing. You don't even know this person's name. So even though that will wear you out, just coming into like doing a podcast or doing Twitch and surrounding yourself with good company or building up your community. If you have a great community, that goes a long way. If you, if you are coming on to stream and you know you're just you're fucking tired. You don't necessarily feel like doing it. A lot of times, your community will pick you back up and get you excited to go again. Like just having that encouragement around you, just kind of uplifting you, and it, it can kind of revitalize a lot of those negative feelings you were having. Because even if you off stream or thinking, you know, I don't, I only have like five people watching me, where so and so has like fifty. Those five people that show up every week to watch you play and chat with you while you're playing, me personally, I would rather have those five individuals show up every week that I know I can talk to about whatever that actually knows me than 50 people that I don't even know. Yeah, 100%. I I think that's... Uh, and I'm going to be pretty blunt here. I'm just going to let it all hang out. Yeah, creative burnout's uh, certainly a real thing. I feel it constantly because my, I don't, I don't know how I come off to other people, but I am one hundred percent extreme introvert. Always have been. I my social battery is perpetually on e. It's it's running on fumes all the time. I, I prefer my default is to not be around people, but. I know that's not good for you. So a lot of times you have to go against your instincts and push yourself. Uh, and there's been so many times, I, I mean, probably on a daily basis where I'm like, no, nope, today's the day I'm going to quit. <laughs> you know, and it's almost yeah. a running joke to myself. And it's like, but I just keep going. And to speak to what Indy was saying, you you are so right about our community keeping us going. Um, yeah. Uh, I You know, because... It recently, there's been a lot of talk around our group about burnouts. My friend Brandon of the Gram Slam podcast just recently did a episode on burnout. And um, a really great episode. I highly recommend people go listen to that. But he, he gave us a lot of nice compliments on that. Uh, you know, and he's a, he's a regular listener of this show. And 
we appreciate him and all the others out there. Uh, you know, I've met a lot of cool people, uh, like Stuart out there driving his truck, you know, being away from his yeah. family, probably listening right now. Uh, you know, Carrie and Brian showing up all the time in our Twitch, subscribing to us. It, it doesn't matter who it is. It's, it, it's everybody that just, we all come together as a community. And on those days where I'm like, I'm going to quit. That's all it takes is like a kind word or something from yeah. one of the listeners out there saying, Hey, I look forward to this podcast every week. That keeps me going. Like, legitimately 100%. a lot of days that's what i need i'm like well shit I, I can't let them down and um because i know how important that is i have my podcast that i listen to every week that i just cannot wait till that episode drops and it really just makes your day better so i completely understand that and um it, the way that i just keep going is like you said just focus on you cannot focus on how everybody else is doing that that's a recipe for failure yeah you just have to kind of keep your head down to an extent which is hard because you also have to be on social media and i think social media is one of the biggest culprits of uh causing mental issues like depression oh, anxiety because you're you can't help but to compare yourself i've learned for me that the less i spend on social media the better um, I, I like to just mm -hmm. kind of ignore all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I look at our podcast statistics and, um, yeah, while I am happy with the progress we've made and the product we put out there, I guess I don't, I don't like to call it a product, but you know, um, I, I'm proud, but still, you know, you can see some low numbers and it can get discouraging. I'm, I'm human too. Yeah. So I just try to not look at those a lot, like maybe just every few weeks or something. And I know that's, you know, the people out there who are super into statistics and they're down to every last detail and yeah, sure. They might grow faster than us, but that's fine, you know, because mental health is number one. And like Indy said, that's why we took a week off recently, um, you know, from both the podcast and Twitch. And we're probably going to do that every few months. Or when big releases come out to give us time to to play those and just kind of relax a bit. Because it is tough to put out creative content every week. Yeah. I, I never gave content creators enough credit until I started doing it. And I'm like, holy shit, this is actually hard. This is a job. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's eye-opening. And, and we're not getting paid. Well, I mean, we're getting subscribers now on Twitch, which is, I mean, we can't tell you how much we appreciate that and how... All of that's going back into the show and the Twitch, and uh, we can't thank you guys enough. But it's like, other than that, we're not making any money off this. Like, we're not no. big. We're not big. We don't have a Patreon. We're just doing this out of pure passion and just kind of connecting yeah. with other like-minded individuals. And so, I mean, yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Maybe? I mean, just like to kind of piggyback off on the monetization. I mean, one of the things that the whole reason that we even want to monetize in the first place is just so we can continue to do this. I mean, cause everything that we do right now, um, we come out of pocket for like when we run a giveaway or, um, if we're buying software for the show, we're paying for all that. Um, so the monetization part of it just helps us. Like it, it, it takes some of the pressure off um, as far as us goes. We're not like, oh, man, I'm going to go use this one to go buy, like, you know, Skyrim or whatever. No, it's just it's going right back into the show because 
like you were saying, I mean, this this whole thing is a passion project for us. We we do it because we we love doing it. We love talking to you guys. We love hanging out. We love doing the Twitch thing. Um, and we feel that support. Like it's a it is a huge huge compliment that some of you show up um every Monday, Wednesday, Friday to come hang out with us and just watch us just fuck off, do whatever the hell we want to do. The fact that you guys show up every week just to watch us play games or draw art or whatever, you guys taking two to three hours out of your day to hang out with us is a huge compliment. Um, in in a way, like for me, um, I know a lot. I've been told that I seem like a very confident person. It might surprise some of you to learn that I'm not. I am constantly in my head, like, was that joke actually funny? Did I offend anybody? Are they laughing because they didn't get the joke? Like that, that is constantly going through my head. Oh, dude, I'm the same way. I, I don't think I'm funny. I'm just like half the time I say a joke, I'm like, God, that was so stupid. Why'd you say that? No, I mean, there are times like I'll tell a really funny joke or it'll be really dark humor. I found it fucking hilarious, <laughs> but I know not everybody else thinks like that. So. I'll just instantly be like, oh my god, what did I just do? Because I started imagining every single way somebody can take offense to it, and just because I have dark humor doesn't mean that I'm trying to be an asshole. It's just, it's funny to me. So, if I come up with a way that I could have genuinely hurt somebody's feelings or offended somebody, I actually will start to feel bad about it. Even if I didn't, I imagine that somebody is just being nice and laughing with me. And it, it is a confidence issue sometimes. But when you guys show up, like, for almost every stream or whatever, it's almost validation. Like, okay, so um, apparently I actually can be entertaining. And the whole reason that, I mean, the reason that I try to be funny, that I try to be entertaining, is because if you are somebody who's ever struggled with depression or things like that, I know for me, my way of coping with it sometimes is to make others laugh or make them forget about their problems. Even if it's for a few minutes, if I can make somebody and Ash can attest to this, if she's upset or she's crying or she's feeling guilty, I'm not very good at, you know, being like the whole they're there. I just, I, I want to make them feel better. And the best way that I can do that is humor and unfortunately, I think that's where some of my more fucked up dark humor comes from, because sometimes when somebody's upset, you take whatever they're upset about and try and make a joke out of it. And voila, dark humor's born. Um, but if I get them laughing, then it's kind of bringing them back up. So anytime I make somebody laugh, I know they're not worried about whatever the hell they're worried about in their everyday life, whether it's a mortgage or relationships or grades or whatever it is. If I can help you forget about your problems for a few minutes, I feel really good about that. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I, I guess as far as tackling burnout and getting over it, it's about you really have to go back to why you're doing it in the first place. If you are doing it because you want to make money off of it, you want to treat it like a job, and that's all there is to it, I can almost guarantee you're going to quit. You have to want to do it because it's fun for you, or you have an underlying passion for your project. If it's just money, or just wanting to be viral, sensation, internet famous, statistically, you're not going to do it. 
So the only way to do it is to grind through it and just love what you're doing. I mean, at the end of the day, that's why we all started doing it in the first place. We started playing video games. We started playing with friends. And it's just that's where it led or went from there. So when you combine everything, if that's why you're doing it, even if it's just two people watching you, that's the equivalent of two friends coming over and watching you play games. Or just having a conversation. There's so many ways you can look at it. You've got to find... If you're discouraged, you've got to find the positive way of looking at it. I mean, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but you guys get the idea. It's just... Find out why you started doing what you're doing to begin with. Hang on to that and just keep going. And reach out to other content creators. Um, If you're feeling discouraged... Talk to somebody who gets it. I mean, that's one of the things I love about Boundless. Um, There's four of us. We all get it. We all know burnout. We all deal with it in separate ways, but we all know we're all available to talk about it. And at this point, we have other communities that we can talk to. There's other streamers. I'm sorry, I'm running out of breath here. But um, if you want me to jump in, I can. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to say this. Right before the podcast, I was in um, two pieces stream, and they asked us what we were talking about tonight. And I just mentioned we were talking about burnout and then they gave me their views on it and they struggle with all the same stuff that we do, uh, whether it's confidence or it's measuring themselves against other streamers or even just trying to organize with your partner on who's going to stream what, what are we streaming, what are we doing, all of those challenges we can relate to. So reach out to other content creators. Um, It's good to know that somebody else is going through the same thing that you are. But yeah, Jacques, I'm going to let you take it from there. Yeah, no, that's very good advice, all of what you said. I agree. And I think to add on to that, you're you're not always going to have the passion, even if overall you love what you're doing. Some weeks, you might hate it. You know, that might last more than a week. And that's the times that I think you need to take a break. And don't be afraid to do so. Because I've seen with a lot of content creators where they're just like, oh, no, I, I have to keep putting out content. Uh, uh, the people are expecting it and uh, I'm going to lose followers. And you get inside your head and it's like, no, you have to just stop all that. Think about your own mental health. Number one, people, if they really love you, they'll stick around. They're not going to go anywhere. It's fine. Just though, do not be afraid to take a day off or a week off or two weeks, just whatever you need. And the thing is, it's, you're not always going to be able to do that, which is where the burnout comes from, I think, when you feel like you're, you have to keep going on, um, because a lot of burnout comes from just real life. And that just kind of makes its way into our creative endeavors and just kind of, kind of affects those areas. Like you said earlier, Indy, uh, you know, when we're comparing ourselves to other people, well, you got to think that person has not had your life. They might not have to deal with all the same things you have to deal with. So it's not a one-to-one comparison. Like no comparison is a one-to-one comparison because we're all individuals. We're all unique. So you have to keep that in mind when you're really getting down on yourself. And and something I've learned personally, I mean, even over the past just couple years is just be kind to yourself like, cause yes, good Lord, we, we are our own worst critics and I will just eviscerate myself, which is probably why I jokingly, you know, rag on other friends and stuff. And I'm like a, 
a dick sometimes, but in like a funny way. Like everybody understands. Like oh, yeah. we're just joking around, but it's because it's like that dark humor. It's like, you know, I've been through so much already and dealt with so much <laughs> that I'm just like, this shit's funny to me. Cause if we can't laugh, what the fuck is the alternative? Like, it's the same thing with when I feel like quitting. I've already been down that road my whole life. Yeah, sure, it gets hard, but fuck, man. You, it, the alternative's worse, you know? You just got to keep going because I promise you, you staying productive um, within a healthy range is going to, in the long run, it's going to make your mental health better. It's going to keep you going. It's going to make you stronger. And if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. <laughs> so just give yourself yes. some credit for what you have done so far. Um, would you like to add anything to that? Yeah, onto the, uh, <laughs> there's a two things there. Um, onto the, uh, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. I think everybody has probably tried it at some point because everybody thought it was easy. Um, very few people actually stick with it. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, if you, if you try it and you fail, you know, you're just like everybody else. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's not, it's not as easy as it seems. Um, case in point, I mean, this shit's a, it, it can be taxing because you feel at times that you have this commitment that you have to do this. Like you've set these goals for yourself. Um, and that's all good to have. But I mean, like you were saying, I mean, you've got to take care of yourself which kind of segues into the other thing that I was going to say um, as far as taking care of yourself. Um, Jacques, you've kind of called me out on this. I get very uh, ambitious at times. I know what I, I see ways that things could be taken to the next step, but you've got to be able to operate within your limits. Yeah, totally. Um, for me, um, a lot of the times when I'm very excited about something, I don't see those limits mentally. I'm like, no, I, I, I'll grind it. I'll do it. And that, that comes from a very toxic work environment. Um, I touched on this earlier, but people are probably tired of the status quo of how things have to be. Um, and I mean, I'm just going to say this as Americans, the workforce that we've been um, programmed to accept is the grind. You know, you, you come in sick, you work through it. If you take a day off because you're sick, you're a terrible fucking human being. You're hurting the team. You're hurting the company. That's the kind of mentality that we've all been programmed to have. And it's fucking horrible. We're the only country that has that fucking mentality where you know, if you had a kid, cool. Yeah. Go take your two weeks. We'll see you back then. No motherfucker. It's like, let me go. Let me take care of myself. Um, you, if you want to grow and you want to do it naturally to where you don't end up resenting your craft, you have got to do it in a healthy way. Um, cause it is so easy to be ambitious and be like, I need to do this, need to do this, need to do this. And we're going to grow and we're going to do this. By the time you get there, you are fucking overwhelmed and you don't even know how you got there. And if you're overwhelmed, just imagine the audience. When you're doing too much at once, it's too much for the audience to follow. Because just think of your own life and the people you follow. You can't. We can't even keep up with the people we follow. So you got to think like where you are in your your growth cycle, and you have to plan accordingly. Like one of the biggest things that'll kill a new enterprise is 
trying to grow too quickly beyond your means. And that's what I was trying to stress to Indy because like, I know how he is because I'm like that too. That's why I recognize it where yeah. it's the ADD mentality. You get a new idea you're super excited about and then you're like, you're, you're headstrong on that for a couple weeks and then you get bored of that and then you want to move on to something else and then you just get all these projects started and never finished. And that's partly why I thought this, especially in the beginning of this podcast when me and Mike started it, it's, um, and it's been going almost a year now coming up in May, but you know, we've been working on it for over a year and it was hardest in the first like few months. Cause it's like, well, you know, after you get over the initial like excitement and we're like, oh shit, well, we have to keep doing this every week. Yeah. It gets hard for my ADD because I'm like, man, I sometimes I get bored. I think that's what it is. And I want to move on to something else. But to be able to like stick with that, it, um, it does take a little bit of discipline. And like Indy said, you kind of have to get your priorities straight. Are you doing this for the right reasons? It can't be just for like monetary gain because that's definitely not going to come for a while, if at all. You have to accept that. Yeah, you just have to enjoy it for the passion itself. Trust me, I I get it. I know how it is. That, like Jacques was saying with the whole ADD, um, I'm one of those that my ADD is hyperfixation. So if I find a new hobby or I find a new thing, I'm like, that's my niche for that month or that week or that day. And then it falls off. Um, just, you know, pace yourself, guys. That's the biggest thing I'll say about a content creator, especially if you're excited about a project. That's my number one tip is just pace yourself. And it's something that I struggle with really, really bad. And you'll even frustrate yourself. But trust me, you will be happy for it in the long run. Once all that initial enthusiasm calms down, you will thank yourself for managing your workload. I 100% agree. And leading on from that, I think um, working in a group can really help with that. There's there's definitely pros and cons to working in a group. And I'm typically a loner. I don't like working with other people. So this has been an interesting adventure for me that was unexpected. But I think overall has turned out very well. And I'm so happy we kind of made that evolution to bring you and Ash aboard. Because you guys have kind of balanced out a lot of the responsibilities and kind of made it easier for me and Mike. And uh, that's much appreciated. But also, at the same time, there's like cons because it's not all hunky-dory. Like, sometimes yeah. we have conflicting ideas and it's like, okay, well, we got to come to a compromise. And, um, and, and when I'm asking myself, like, what to do, I always say, what's best for the show? Because I think the biggest lesson I've learned from working in a group dynamic is your ego. You got to get that shit the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. You, you tell your ego to fuck off. And trust me, guys, I have a huge ego. I, I might not show <laughs> it all the time. Trust me. I have to keep that shit in check on a daily basis. And I'm not always successful. And it's, it's really funny how a lot of us are introverts by nature, but have the biggest fucking egos. Well, it makes sense because we're in our own heads all the time. So we're like, of course, I'm the most important king shit around here. <laughs> it's like you're the you're the best person of hyping yourself up, but you're also the worst person about tearing yourself down. Like there's no in between. 
And that's why you got to find a balance because, and that's yeah. what I've struggled with my whole life. And I, I think I'm at a decent place right now, but you got to find a balance to where you're keeping yourself in check. Like you do have to be self-critical. That is important to growing, but you can't be so ruthlessly, maliciously critical of yourself to where you're just yeah. obliterating your ego. And you're like, well, I have no self-worth. I have no confidence. So it's really important to find that balance and that that varies from person to person. What's really, really helped me with burnout is just not giving a fuck what other people think. I I know it sounds simple and I don't mean completely because obviously I give a fuck what my friends think. I I have to give a fuck what, you know, my fellow boundless gamers think. But um, at large, I'm just like, I I don't care what people think on the internet. I I don't... um, you know, if it, I don't care if someone doesn't like the podcast, I don't, I just have to do me and I have to yeah. put that out there and I just can't worry about the rest. I, I can't worry about how many people are listening all the time. I just, it, cause that'll drive me insane. Like you said, in yeah. you with your hyper fixation, I'm like that too. I will just like, just last night I was laying in the bed, just trying to go to sleep and, um, just a random intrusive thought popped in. And uh, I was like, no, don't think about that. And the immediate opposite opposite happens where that's all I'm thinking about. Like, I live here now. This thought, <laughs> this is my new home. Yeah, like, I have taken up residence now. You will live with it. Yeah, so it's like, you just gotta, like, train your brain to be, like, to recognize when your brain is doing the things you don't like and realize that you do have some control over that and just... The more you try to um, force away those intrusive thoughts, they're going to come back in. But what you have to do is just focus on the positive stuff and or fun yeah. things or anything around you that can distract you in a positive way where you're not fixating on the negative thoughts. And then it'll go away just as quick as it came in and you'll forget about it. So you just got to train yourself and it's it's tough. It takes years. Oh, it's very tough. I, I highly recommend like cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. That has really helped me kind of retrain my brain on how to think because I used to think that I am my thoughts. And when I finally came to that realization that I am not my thoughts, um, that they're just kind of this ethereal thing that is constantly floating in and out of my brain. And I can kind of pick and choose what I want to take out of those. Yeah. That's a game changer. It takes time to master um i actually didn't know what that was called until you just said it but i've I've been doing that for years and it's not an easy thing like for me it was a mental health thing like like you said you'll get that negative thought or even that positive thought in your head and just it takes up residence and it stays for me more often than not it was negative thoughts um and that shit would stay and i mean i i say i struggle with confidence now i'm a lot better than i used to be but I would go to some pretty dark places and those thoughts would not fucking leave me alone. So it takes a long time to get to a part to where it's like, you know, you'll, it's almost pattern recognition. Like you, you know where the top of the slide is. And if you find yourself going down it, you've got to pump the brakes and be like, I'm not doing this and just stop it and find other things to think about. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I am. Like I said, it's the same way. It's I think we as humans are drawn towards negative shit more so than we are positive stuff. 
there's still times, to, even though, you know, I am a lot better than I was when I was like severely depressed and anxious and I have done a lot of work, but it's, there's still days like where I have like suicide ideation, you know, to be completely real. Like I'll just be yeah. putting a fucking change in a bag in a, the garbage bag or something. I'm like just staring at the garbage bag. Hey, like what if I just put this over my head right now? That's it's fucked. It's, you know, it's not really yeah. something to joke about, but I, I certainly can because we talked about our dark humor, but I'm not trying to. That doesn't mean I'm actually going to do it. I don't think there's a single person out there who, I mean, I, I won't say there's a single person. I mean, maybe it's not as common as I think it is, but I've talked to several people that have been at some point in their lives where, you know, you're you're driving your car down the road and you just start wondering, like, what if I just yanked the wheel and just hit a tree? Yeah, that happens. I've definitely done that multiple times. I've thought about it. I mean, uh, it's 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 just their intrusive thoughts, like we're talking about, and yeah, that's not your personality. That's not you. That's just let it flow in and out. Like, rec- it's it's just mindfulness, recognizing yeah how your brain specifically works, and just like having that training that that positive voice in your head to be like, oh, I, I see what you're doing, motherfucker. You're not gonna trick me this time. <laughs> And sometimes it's just, it's a fleeting thought. I mean, it's just, it's there and then it's gone. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's just, right. it, it it popped in there. Like Ray from Ghostbusters, it just popped in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good reference. But yeah, I mean, uh, kind of just getting to the source of this whole conversation in burnt out, or burnout, I mean... Ultimately, what leads to burnout is a lack of taking care of yourself, guys. And I mean, that's that's the big thing is just focus on yourself. Um, like Jacques was saying earlier, I mean, just not giving a fuck. I mean, another way of putting that is don't focus on trying to entertain everybody. You you are a unique individual and kind of like, you know, how they always say, like, there's somebody out there for everywhere or for everybody there is an audience that will like your content for your content. You do not need to try and be like Ninja or PewDiePie or, or whoever the fuck it is that you like to watch. Like if you like to watch that person, awesome. If you like to emulate parts of that, go for it. But you do not need to try and be that person. Um, One of the people that I like to emulate parts of, um, despite what you may think about him or what he's done, um, is Greg Miller, whenever he's on kind of funny, he brings a lot of energy. Like he's just, he's happy. He's talking, he's laughing. And I just like that part about his personality, regardless of like what he's done off of his channel or whatever. I was like that. It's, it, it brings me up. I, I get energetic listening to it. He sounds like he's having fun and I like to sound like I'm having fun, but I'm not going to try and be him, but I may try and take parts of that because I just, I like that content and I would like for my content to be a part of that. But at the same time, I'm not going to try and be somebody I'm not. So stick to what you like to do. Don't try and force yourself to do something you don't want to do because at the end of the day, if you do that, you're going to resent your craft. Just have faith that your audience will find you and it does build on itself. People start to tell their friends like, Hey, check this person out, check this person out. And your audience will grow over time, especially if you have a community already. Um, just keep at it guys. Um, but whatever you do, 
make sure you take care of yourself. That's the big thing. Yeah, that's very well said. I'll just leave it on. Just recognize the signs of burnout and don't be afraid to take a break. It's fine. It's it's not a big deal. Just take care of yourselves. That's the most important thing. And don't be afraid to reach out for help either. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, that's super important. Lean on your friends. Like, God, please lean on, lean on your friends. It's fine. Like, that's what we're all here for. Don't ever feel like you're a burden for leaning on people. That's what we're all here for. Well, um, I think we pretty much covered more than what we probably wanted. I think that was a yeah, great Yeah, that comment. went a lot deeper than I think we intended to go, but I'm glad that we said it. Um, I hope that somebody out there heard this and probably needed to hear it um, and took something positive away from it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, now next, let's go ahead and move on to surprise mechanics. Let's lighten the mood up in here. Uh, let's get crazy with some shenanigans. Uh, so surprise mechanics, if you're a new listener, is just me or Indy or whoever else is hosting just brings something to the table, and it's 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 a surprise to both of us. Like, I don't know what he's got. He doesn't know what I have. So it's going to be fun for everybody, ideally. Uh, so, Indy, uh, what is your surprise mechanic? Um, we're going to play a very carefree, uh, fun game, Jacques. Oh, okay. Is it really carefree or are you just trying to be smooth? Oh, no, it's, it's carefree. Um, it is a complete 180 from the topic we were just discussing. Are you familiar with the concept of Smasher Pass? I don't, but based on the name, I think I have a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to play uh, Smasher Pass, the video game characters edition. Um, so it's kind of random. I have a generator in front of me. I've typed in a bunch of different names and I will ask you one and then I'll answer one. And we do not have to offer any explanations. We may not even be taking questions and we will not take any judgments, but we are going to play Smasher Pass. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, like, do you want details for each one? Like how I would smash them? Um, You are welcome to give details if you would like to describe how you would smash or how you would be smashed. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> but we do not owe anybody any explanations, so I'll leave it at that. First character. Laura Croft. Smash or pass? Oh, I'd smash the ever-loving shit out of her. <laughs> <laughs> This is probably the best place to start, because I think that was so many guys' first crush, uh, as far as video games. We'd have to change the name to Womb Raider, because I would raid her womb. <laughs> All right, so on to the next one. This one's for me. Huh. I got Yoshi. <laughs> well, this is going to be interesting. I mean, he does have a long-ass tongue. Just saying. Smash. Smash. Yes. All right. Smashing. No explanations. Uh, you have GLaDOS from Portal. Uh, that seems like that would be painful. <laughs> Lots of robotics. I mean, there might be a, a test in there somewhere that'd be entertaining. I'm, I'm going to have to pass. That just doesn't sound pleasant to me. All right, next. Um, oh, shit. Kratos. Um, 
that's that's gonna be a pass because I'm gonna have nightmares now of being smashed and being yelled, uh, being called boy while being <laughs> smashed. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna that's a hard pass. I was gonna say they're like he would be smashing you 100. percent Yes, absolutely. <laughs> there's no there's no uh, other way that that goes. And yeah, no. Okay, um, Miss Pac-Man. Oh. Some thoughts are coming in. <laughs> oh boy! I mean, look, she the obvious. She's got a gigantic mouth. She does. So, she does. <laughs> uh, that, but that could be actually work in the opposite way of intended because it could be so big that like you're not getting any suction, right? I don't know. I no. I I think I'm gonna pass on that. That also doesn't seem pleasant. I'm afraid that I would get my dick bit off. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a, a super pellet there. Um. All right. Now for me. Oh. Uh. Hard smash. Tifa. Absolutely. Not even a question. Tifa is bay. Smash that smash button like a hundred times. I don't even need to play anymore. Um, okay, so going again, uh, ooh, Jacques, I don't know if you're going to break up this happy relationship, uh, Liara to Sony. Okay, you did this on purpose, didn't you? I did not. This was I did not. Completely I mean, her name was in there. Yes, I put it in there, but that does not mean I gave it to you. All right, let me, uh, let me figure out a way, uh, should I upset Mike or should I try to consider his feelings? Um... He'll just edit it out if you decide <laughs> to go with it. <laughs> yeah, I'll say all this stuff I would do to Liara and then it just, it, none of that's in the final episode. <laughs> it's just gonna be like, no. No. I would not smash Liara. No. 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 I would not smash Liara no I'll just put that in there for Mike let me, let me just give him a clear <laughs> right. no I would not smash Liara <laughs> okay now now cut now let me give you the real answer I dude the walls would be splattered with blue oh my god they, there would be smashing all night there would be mental <laughs> smashing, there'd be physical smashing, there would be legends told of the smashing. I'm just imagining, like, your best Nigel Thornberry impression going, the smashing. <laughs> yep, that's how it would go. I would enjoy it highly. All right, and, uh, oh, okay, um, Birdo. <laughs> how did I get Yoshi and Birdo? I don't know, man, but also a great character because there's, there's a lot of suction there. There is a lot of suction there. That's what I was thinking. There's like a very prominent hole. It's basically a fleshlight. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smash. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with smash. By the way, I'm not keeping track of how many we smashed or passed. We're just, we're just talking. Now my mind is like trying to, no pun intended, wrap my head around that. Um... Okay, moving on. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Bayonetta. Oh, uh, yeah, I would definitely smash her. I mean, 
she literally has a, a suit made of hair, her hair, which... Right. I mean, if her hair can do crazy things like that, I mean, I'm sure we could think of crazy sexual things to do with it, too. And plus, she's super hot, so <laughs> there's that. And she was in Smash, so it's implied. There you go. I got Garrus Vicarian. Be careful how you play this one, Indy. This I'm is Ash's very hard about second it. love of her life. I mean, he was my bro. Might be a little weird. You know what? Uh, yeah, Smash. Platonically, of course. Um, we could just have a relationship where sex is not involved in any way. It's just, you know, we just have a very healthy relationship. Nah, this is Smasher Pass. Ah, fuck. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna pass. Yeah, I think that's the best. There you go, Ash. You can have him. Yeah, yeah. I'll never understand Ash's uh, romantic love for Garrus, but to each her own. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was was my surprise mechanic. That was actually a lot of fun. Uh, Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to mine. Mine's a pretty simple short one. Uh, so I just, both of us will do this one and I, I just want to know, like, tell the audience a, maybe like a bizarre, weird fact about yourself that they might not know. Hmm. And and if you want me to go first to give you time, I can do that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Here's the bizarre fact about me. Uh, I don't like British kids. They, they they weird me out. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's <laughs> like like I saw that trailer for the new Home Alone, and when I saw it was a British kid in the lead role, I was like, what the actual fuck are they thinking? <laughs> it's So it's something about like the accent, the British accent coming from a child that like creeps me out. I have no problems with British adults. It's It's just the kids. Don't know why. It just it's, it does it just is not right. <laughs> it's not right, Indy. I tell you, <laughs> they have to be stopped. And once again, I must say, I I do not hate children. <laughs> I was about to say we keep coming back to these damn kids. So, Indy, uh, have you thought of something? Yeah, I mean, I guess um, you kind of prompted me. I mean, only a few people actually know this about me and Ash. Um, for those that don't know, uh, we do not necessarily intend to have children. Um, we have discussed this. However, if we did, we do have names picked out. And one that people probably would not be or would not anticipate us naming our son would be Gage. And it is we did get the name from Pet Cemetery. Go figure. Um, for some reason, um, we just both like that name, even though Gage from the first movie absolutely freaks us the fuck out with his demonic fucking laugh (laughs) and just the whole concept. No fair every time he gets kicked around, but yeah, um, that's something that almost nobody knows about us. The, if we had a girl, uh, she would be named Elodie, which was Hmm. Ashley's, uh, Elder Scrolls character, but the name is incredibly Beautiful, so we just decided those would be the names. Yeah, I like Elodie. It's almost like Melody, which I love yeah. melodies and music. So, yeah, that's a good one. 
Now, if you do have a gauge, just be sure to watch your Achilles tendon. You know, if you're, when you're getting out of yes. bed and, you know, you might just end up slicing it with a razor for no reason. Because <laughs> he's a hell spawn. Who knows? I don't. They, you know, I, look, yeah. I, I feel like people are getting the wrong impression at the end of this podcast because the last two weeks we've just been really shitting on children, which is like <laughs> probably not uh, ideal, but um, look, we just have to be honest, but I swear, I swear I don't hate children. You know what? It, this is what it is, guys. It's just we shit on kids every weekend when we play Halo. I mean, that's just that's just how it goes. We hear them. We hear them utter the word Fortnite, and we're like, "Okay, time to put you in the ground." Yeah, like my my balls just shrivel up when I hear that <laughs> stuff. Just like ah, I'm re- repulsed. I'm repelled. Let's we'll stop it. <laughs> Which it's funny because you know I might actually. This has nothing to do with kids or anything, but I said the word Fortnite, and I might give Fortnite a try now because apparently with this new season they have completely removed the building aspect, so it might actually be playable for me. Like they've completely removed it, or just for a short time? No, I mean, it's for a short time. It's like a seasonal thing, but there's no building currently in that game. Oh, interesting. So the pace may have slowed down enough to where I might be able to play it because I've 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 tried it in the past and I remember shooting somebody. With a sniper rifle, and they were almost dead. Just need one more shot, and they erected a fucking tower in like five seconds. I'm like, yeah, no, this game is not for me. You're gonna go kid hunting this season, like, hey, you don't have your walls now, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let me introduce you to PUBG, fucker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, all right then. Well, I guess that's it for this podcast. Uh, this was a fun one once yeah. again. Um, I always enjoy doing these with you. Likewise, likewise. If you would like to check us out on social media, like I said at the top of the show, our link tree is in the description. And uh, we'd appreciate any follows or subscriptions over on Twitch or on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, If you even want to rate us, like just, you know, give us uh, five stars because we're that damn good. That would be much appreciated, (laughs) too. Absolutely. But yeah, no, uh, that that is with that being said. Hey, there it is. Got to get that in there. Is there any final words you'd like to say, Indy? Um, only thing I'll say is like if you are somebody who's struggling with burnout or some like some mental health issues, like you you just, you need somebody to reach out to. Um, anybody on the Boundless Games roster would be happy to talk to you. Um, we're on we're all on Twitter, I believe, Instagram, Facebook. Just just message Boundless Gamers or any of us individually. Um, we'll be more than happy to talk to you guys. That's that's the only thing I'll plug here for uh, final thoughts. We we do have a Discord too, which we never promote really. But if you want to join oh, our yeah. Discord, Boundless Gamers, go ahead and do that. You're fully welcome. But uh, yeah, nope, that's it. That's all we got for this week. So I'm gonna go ahead and sign us off. I am Jacques. I'm Indy, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>